Generations Church Podcast. Good morning, Michael and Aubrey. Thank you guys for sharing your story. Did you guys see how much hair Michael Ballard had? Did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah. He hadn't always been slick and shiny. Um, he looked... He still looks good with the bald head, I told him. I said, if I had the bald head, mine would be all pointy and nasty, um, and my nose would look even bigger. So um, I'm thankful, very thankful. Hey, uh, today we're going to be getting right into the message, and we're in a new series called Thriving in Obscurity. And there's some of those series that I really love to preach. One of our series I always look forward to is our relationship series. And this series for me is one of the series that I'm just ready to go in. Um, I have been waiting for this series for quite a bit. Um, and next week, we're going to be talking about what do you do when everything goes wrong. And it's not just everything, it's everything. Um, it's not just a, way, a, a day, but it turns into weeks and months. And it just, things seem to just keep going the wrong direction. And so uh, my wife's actually going to be sharing her story because we want you to share your story because we think it's important um, and that God wants to use your testimony and your story. And so we want to go first as a staff. Um, but how do you come to a place where you're able to thrive in obscurity, where you're able to thrive in a place you didn't ask to be, where, where it's just kind of awkward where you're at? I loved what Michael said. He said, just because I'm not where I think I'm supposed to be doesn't mean that God hasn't put me there for a reason. Um, and that will preach, and I'm gonna try to preach that this morning, um, is that just because I'm not where I thought I should be or where I thought I would be or how my life I envisioned it looking doesn't mean that God doesn't have me there for a reason. And so out of this context and out of this whole series, I want us to talk about how do you not just survive? How do you not just make it? Because we're not just called to make it as followers of Christ. Jesus said he came that we, we may have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. How do you thrive when you're in a place of obscurity? Now, obscurity means this, to be inspicuous or unnoticeable. To be of little or no prominence, fame, or distinction. Well, what do, what do you do when life leads you to this place? What do you do when you find yourself in this moment and this time and you're just like, ah, I don't want to be here. What, what do you do when you feel like you've been hidden? Not, not, not that everything's going bad, not that, but, but nothing's, nothing's happening. Nothing bad, nothing great. Nothing seems to be moving in your life. Your dreams, your aspirations seem to just be hidden and nothing. What do you do when life is hidden? And here's what I know is that when we come out of this place, we're going to like feel good and we're going to be like, yeah, I've got emotions and I'm feeling great and I'm feeling fine and you know, I, I'm learning how to thrive in obscurity. But can I tell you, as, as great as we're going to feel, hopefully, when I'm done this morning speaking and we're taking communion at the end of service, you know, as great as we're going to feel, I, I know this, Monday is tomorrow, right? And you'd be like, oh, you know what, forget, forget thriving in obscurity, I'll do it on Tuesday, you know, because um, you're like, it's Monday, I'm just, I'm just good, good to wake up in obscurity, much less thrive in it, Justin, and then Tuesday comes around like, oh, I'll just wait till Thursday, because it's closer to the weekend, and then I can smile, and the, but, but 
How do we, how do you and I, how do we function, how do we thrive in obscurity when we're in a place where we feel like we're hidden and the emotions just aren't there? Well, the first thing I would tell you is this, is that you're called to be faithful even when you're not noticeable. You're called to be faithful even when you're not noticeable. Uh, I remember growing up in high school, uh, we would go camping in the winter because all the snakes were like away and not out. And so that's my number one thing. No snakes, I'm outside. Um, and so we would go camping and we would go uh, play hide and seek in the woods, and, but we played it a little different. There were no flashlights allowed. And if the person, really you wanted to be the one hiding because the one seeking, the people hiding tried to grab them, tackle them, scare the mess out of them while they're walking through like the middle of nowhere in the woods. And I got to tell you, it is scary stuff. Um, it's even waiting there. You're just like, and you always have to use the restroom, right? When it's your turn to hide for some reason, you're like, I got to go to the bathroom. Um, and so we were, we were doing this and we did it for a couple hours and we were hiding and I, we had a friend named Marty that came and it was his turn to hide and all of us decided to stop playing, but we didn't tell Marty. And <laughs> We didn't tell Marty on purpose. Um, and so Marty goes out, and three hours later, Marty comes like, are you kidding me right now? You know, he was irate. He was mad and pouty for the rest of the trip, which he should have been. Um, we were total jerks. But here's, here's the deal. Even when you're playing hide and seek, like if you play with your kids, don't just stop playing. You know, you need to tell them. Like, I was hiding for an hour, and you never found me, Dad. Um, it's this. Even if you're hiding in hide and seek, there comes a time and there comes a place where you want to be found. You want your hiding to end. And how do, how do you stay faithful? How do you stay productive? How do you stay fruitful when you're just waiting? You're just, you're just time and patience and Waiting. What, what do you do? Where, where do we get this basis? Where is there something in Scripture for us? Because, man, you and I, even when we're hiding, even when things don't appear like we thought they would appear, even like Michael Ballard said, even though you're in a place you didn't think you should be at, how do you remain faithful in that place of obscurity? This morning I want us to read about a person that most of us, maybe we have read about, but to me, uh, this person's name is listed at the end of Ephesians. He's listed in Acts a little bit in Colossians, but um, he's kind of like, you know when people are winding down a letter, like especially in the Bible, it's like Paul is rolling the credits to the movie, right? And when the credits go into a movie, you get up and walk out unless it's like a Marvel uh, uh, movie because you know the uh, scene for the next one's gonna come out. Um, and so you stay put. And so um, there's, there's a scene, you know, the, 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 the credits are rolling in this letter, and it's the end of Ephesians chapter 6 for our text, verse 21 through 22, and it says this, to bring you up to date, Tychius will give you a full report about what I am doing and how I'm getting along. He's a beloved brother and faithful helper in the Lord's work, and I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. Now, for some of us, you've heard of Tychius, but probably for the majority of us, you've never heard this guy's name. You know, and, and here's the reality of Ty Tychius was a substitute pastor. 
That doesn't sound real appealing, does it? Like, I'm, a, I, I'm, not, I'm not a pastor. I'm not, like, a, one of the staff. I'm a substitute. Like, if, if just tag your it because we couldn't find anybody else better or nobody else wanted to go to that church. You're it, Tychius. But, but here it is, even though he may not be famous, even though he may be obscure, can I tell you, Tychius, obedient, his faithfulness where he was had a huge impact. Because of Tychius, he was an unpaid postman, really. Um, he's the one that delivered the, the, the letter of Paul that was Ephesians and Colossians to the church. And because of Tychius, the church found out the truths of Ephesians. Ephesians and Colossians, and now we as the church have the books of Ephesians and Colossians that we are able to read. You may not know Tychius, but you feel the impact of Tychius. And can I tell you, many times you and I, we are way more about being discovered than being developed, but God is way more about developing you than you being discovered. He's trying to create you to be the man and the woman that is off the stage. He's trying to get you to know the lines and know your part when you're not on the stage so that there's preparation before there's presentation. Because if there's no preparation before there's presentation, you're going to miss your moment. And a lot of us, were missing our moment because we think, well, I'm not being noticed Nobody's paying attention to me. It's not going the way that I thought, but, but hear me. The way you operate and the way you act and your obedience when nobody is looking, when nobody's noticing, when nobody's watching will greatly dictate how you act and your obedience and your faithfulness when everybody is watching and everybody's noticing. But we don't like that. Because we're a microwave generation, right? You just put that burrito in the microwave and you got it hot and ready in a minute. You put that Totino's pizza. Let's get real for a second. You put that Totino's pizza in there and it's ready in like a minute and a half. Nobody uses the oven, right? I went to a camp this past summer and it was uh, uh, called Little Eden. And it's a family camp. And as we went they have, the first night there, they make homemade kettle corn. And when I mean homemade, I mean they have this massive cauldron. They put a, they make a little fire and they have this arm that brings the cauldron over the fire and they heat the oil up. Then they push the cauldron out. They throw the corn in along with like massive amounts of sugar and salt. Jesus is right there in that popcorn at that moment. I'm like, yes. And then they put it back over, and they've got to stir it with this massive stick. It's, it's hot. It's messy cleanup. Can you imagine cleaning that up? But can I tell you, it is amazing popcorn when it doesn't burn. I mean, it is like, I, I like doubled and tripled like visits there. I was like, can I have some more? Can I have some more? Can I have some more? It is so good. But it takes so long. And, and here's where most of us are. We're like, oh, well, I have kettle corn that I can put in my microwave. Can I tell you, this kettle corn just stinks. It's not that good. And you'd be like, oh, you got to try Pop Secret. I've tried them. They're not that good. They're not that good compared to Little Eden's popcorn. But can I tell you, this is a lot easier and a lot faster, but it's not near as good. And can I tell you, man, you can't microwave significance you can't microwave God's way. God's way may take longer. It may be messy. It may not be the way you thought. It may not be the timing you thought, but can I tell you, it's 
amazing every time when you allow God to move and to work and you just stay faithful even though you're not noticeable instead of trying to take the fast way and the easy way and your way through, through life and through the hiding and through the, the, just the awkward, the, the obscure moments. It, it, when you allow God to do what God wants to do, it makes all the difference. But, but you get there and you're like, okay, Justin, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. But how do you live that out? How do you live out being faithful in the obscure moments? Thriving in the obscurity. Thriving because, because the truth is, man, we're going to feel it one day and we're not going to feel it the next. Can I tell you, it just goes along my second point is this, is that when you're there, you've got to own the grind. you got to own the grind. There's a grind that happens in life and you've got to learn to own the grind. i got, I got to tell you, for the rest of this message, I'm just preaching because this is where I want to be. I was going to do a whole sermon on this point, um, and we're, I mean a whole sermon series on this point, and instead it's one point, and I'm ready to go this morning. When I was in mid-high, there was a movie that came out called Rocky Three, and it's a better movie that followed Rocky Four, right? You guys seen Ivan Drago, but you know Clubber Lang. And in Rocky Three, there was this song that was played, and you saw the workout happen by Survivor called Eye of the Tiger, right? And you would hear it play, and it would come on. And I remember watching it on TV, and it would come on, and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm ready to go work out, right? And you would just feel like, I'm going to be a boxer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And after the movie was over, I would go to my garage, and I would start jump rope, and I'd be like, oh yeah. And I'd try to do the double one, right? You'd just try it, and you never could make it. But I would try it, and I would try one-handed push-ups and follow my face. And I would do sprints down the street because I was pretending I was running against Apollo Creed, you know. And I was doing all this stuff, and we had a bench press in our garage. And I decided, yeah, I'm here and I have the tiger. We're going to do this. We're going to make this happen. And I would load weights up on the bench press. And I'm in there by myself, and I have the tiger. is playing on my ghetto blaster with the tape deck, you know. And you're just playing it. Play that single, baby. And I would take it off. And I brought all this weight down that I've never done in my entire life, and it stayed there. And I mean, I'm bending my back. Help! Help! Rocky's down. He needs help. And I would do what a bunch of guys have done in their life. I started rolling it down. Rolling the bar down, and I, the tiger, started fading out, and the passion of working out, the bar got to my quads, I finally stood up, I put the bar on the bar, I put the bar back on the bench press, and I was like, stupid bench press, stupid movie, and, and, and here's the deal, is I was at this place, where the smart thing for me as a junior high boy, especially that was six foot six and weighed 145 pounds, would have been to keep working out. <laughs> I don't know if it was that funny, but. <laughs> but here's the deal. I wasn't feeling it anymore, right? There was no eye of the tiger. There wasn't even gonna fly now, you know, dun, 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 dun. There was none of that. I had hit the grind, and I was either gonna do it or I wasn't. And as a junior high kid, I quit. 
I quit. Because I don't want to, I don't want if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to do it, right? That's how, if it doesn't feel good, then I'm not going to do it, especially when nobody's watching. And that's just how I function. And you know what? As a junior high boy, it's okay to fail not in working out in your garage by yourself. But there's some of us, you've hit the grind in life, and you're not feeling it anymore. You're not, you're not, those emotions aren't there. That, that, Butterflies and those feelings and the excitement of the pursuit of your dream isn't, isn't there. And you're, you're hitting the grind. There's no pump-up music. There's no playlist to get you going. You've got the grind. What do you do? Are you, are you going to own the grind or is the grind going to own you? Because really there's only two choices. Are you going to stay obedient in the grind or are you going to walk away because it just didn't feel good any longer? And in the Bible, Psalm 61, I call it the grind psalm um, because um, it's, not, it's not phrased this way in any Bible, but I just think this is a psalm where the psalmist hit the grind of life. It says this, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. This, I want us to stop here just for a second because when it's saying this, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer, some of you have been there. Have you ever been at the place where you feel like God isn't listening to you anymore? where you don't feel like your prayers are even making it past the ceiling, they're just bouncing back down, and you don't feel the presence of God anymore. That's where the psalmist is. And he's saying, you know what? Hear my, this isn't even a prayer, it goes way beyond that. Man, listen to me crying out. Pay attention to my prayer, attend to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I will cry to you. I'm not where I wanna be. I'm at the ends of the earth. And I'm, I'm sitting here crying out to you at the ends of the earth while I cry out to you. And when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy, and I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. If you're going to make it through the grind, the psalmist gives us two things. Keep it up here. He says, I will abide and I will trust you got to abide, and you've got to trust even when you don't feel like it. For some of you in your relationship with God, you see everybody else seems to be having the time of your life, and all that following Christ has, caught, has, has brought you is missing out on what you think is real life. Can I tell you, keep abiding and keep trusting. You may not feel like it, but can I tell you, your significance comes out of obedience because goodness always comes out of faithfulness. And somebody, you need to hear that this morning. Goodness always comes out of faithfulness. And some of you, you don't feel the presence of God anymore and you just are frustrated and you're aggravated and you're in this dry season and you're in the valley of life right now in your relationship with God. Listen to your pastor this morning. You gotta own that moment. You gotta stay faithful in it. You gotta stay on your knees so that you can keep going on your feet. You gotta stay in your prayer closet. You gotta stay in the word so that you don't just survive this moment but you thrive in the obscurity. It may not be what you thought your relationship with God was look like but man keep moving keep staying faithful keep going at it and watch goodness come out of your faithfulness some of you in this place this morning that it's your marriage it's your marriage let's be honest there's seasons where the butterflies aren't there right I mean let's be honest there's seasons not not for me Casey I love you girl <laughs> all kinds of feelings 
All kinds. What, you don't feel like loving me right now? I can tell you right now, my wife doesn't feel like loving me all the time. I, I know it, because I'm a pain in the butt. <laughs> Here's the deal. You may not feel it any longer. But, but one thing I've noticed is that anybody can fall in love, but it takes work to stay there. And if you really go back and read 1 Corinthians 13, it's not just about feeling. Love is patient, love is kind. <laughs> you don't feel that. I promise you, just wait till your husband snores. You're not going to be patient and kind. Be like, wake up, stupid. You're keeping me up. You know, you're not. There, there's a whole lot of grind between I, I take you for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. There's a lot of grind in between that. And if your marriage, if your relationship is going to make it, you got to lead through your emotions instead of following them. And when you allow love to really mature and really grow up, it's not just a feeling. It's not something you just feel all the time, but it's something you choose all the time. Because love is patient. Love is kind. And love never gives up. Go back to the Word of God and see how He defines it instead of the way you want to feel about it. And realize that you've got, you're in the grind. Nobody wants to be there, but you're marriage or relationship, it's in the grind. And if you will stay faithful, listen to me, there will be goodness that comes out of it. Some of you, it's your dreams, and you just thought your dreams would be here by now. And yet, you feel hidden. You feel forgotten about. You're like, how am I going to get there when I'm here? Shoot, I'm over here. I'm, I'm way back here. My dream's not even in the light. And I know Bobby's like, get back in the light. We can't see you on the light feed. But what do you do when you see what you want it to be, but what it is is a different reality? You own the grind. You stay faithful. You, you, you keep abiding in the vine. Because apart from him, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus said. Man, you keep, you keep trusting in the Lord. Even though you don't understand his ways, even though you don't understand his timing, you keep trusting that God knows best because here's what I can tell you and it's my last point is that never excuse me nothing is wasted nothing is ever wasted with the Lord um, I did a quick study on um, food waste globally do you know that we waste 1.3 billion tons of food a year globally the majority of that waste of the 1.3 billion tons, that, that's, a ton, <laughs> that's a ton of food. Um, 1.3 billion tons of food, the majority of that is vegetables, which does not surprise me. Here's, here's what, I started thinking about that. I was like, man, do we have anything that doesn't go to waste in the Graves house? Is there anything that we don't, you know, you throw over, weigh your leftovers if they've just been sitting there for a while or there's not enough for leftovers or something's gone bad? And there's something in my house that does not go to waste and it is Casey's pie. Um, and Casey made this uh, for me this week. It is a caramel apple pecan pie. And dear Jesus, it is good. Oh, taste and see. Um, man, it's, it's good. And the reason I didn't bring this in person, I'm going to be honest, is I didn't want to share it with Craig Bowman. I didn't want to share it with Adam Crisp. I didn't want to share it with you guys. Um, I, I'm just being honest. I'm very selfish when, because this doesn't go to waste. It will not be a piece of pie that was thrown away. I scraped the crust off the bottom. I licked that thing. I mean, it is... 
It's good. It's good. And can I tell you, when it comes to your life, when it comes to your dreams, when it comes to your relationship, man, even when you feel like your life is in obscurity, nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. In fact, it says this in John 6, verse 12. It says, after everyone was full, and Jesus is feeding the masses, he's feeding the 4,000, the 5,000 people that are there, and they start handing out fish sandwiches. You know what I'm talking about? And it says this at the end of it, after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. Everyone was full. That was the miracle, right? Everyone got fed. That was the miracle. And Jesus teaches us something else, though, out of this process. He says, gather up all the leftovers so nothing's wasted. He notices the details still that sometimes we miss. And can I tell you, the Bible says this, that if you will allow him, he will use every detail of your life for your good and his glory. If you just own the grind. You need to understand that nothing is, he, he didn't miss it. He doesn't miss where you are. He sees right where you are and nothing is wasted. But what happens is, is when we're in that moment where we feel things are wasted, man, we, we struggle with it because we think oh, it's, a, it's just, it's, Nothing. It's small. And we don't like small things. We don't like small steps. We like big steps. We like big things to happen. We like fast things to happen. And in Zechariah, it says this, chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begun. Um, here's what's happening is that they are rebuilding the temple of God after it's been destroyed, and they're going back to build it, and everybody's like, oh, well, this temple's probably not gonna be as good as the last one. You know, we're having to restart. I'm sure the, 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 the tabernacle isn't gonna look near as good. The steeple probably won't be as high, and the bells probably aren't gonna ring, you know? And all the people are just kind of down, and he, the Lord says this, man, don't despise these small beginnings. Don't despise the, the small step. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. This morning, as you walked in, you were given a penny, hopefully, as you walked in, if you didn't get a penny, grab a penny as you're walking out, okay? Um, we've got plenty, I promise. Don't leave this on the carpet because they're really hard to vacuum up. Um, but here's the deal. The reason you were given a penny is because this point was illustrated to me um, really big this week. You know, the penny, for the most part, is like the the reject of our currency. Nobody really, you see a penny on the ground and you're like, mm, it's a penny. And most of the time, a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us, like if you see a penny on the ground, you're like, that's ah, not even worth it. I'm just gonna keep going, right? That, that's what most of us do. Now, if you see a nickel, if you see a dime, if you see a quarter, you're like, oh, I'll take that. And you'll bend over, you'll take the time to pick it up. But this is just too small. This is just like, eh, it's a penny. It's a nuisance. You can't, you're like, what do I even do with all these pennies I have? Some of you, you have bottles of pennies, and you're like, I don't know what to do with all this stuff. It's just a nuisance. And, and here's the deal. If I asked you today, would you rather have a million dollars now or we double a penny for 30 days? For the most of you, if I didn't give you time to Google it or research it or add it all up, okay? Some of you are like, oh, I'd take the penny. It's a liar. Um, 
we'd probably take the million dollars because you're like, oh, a million dollars is way better than a penny doubling it for 30 days. And that's what I thought. I was like, yeah, I'd take a million dollars, joker. I don't want no penny. Um, but, but here's the deal. After a while, the penny has a huge, it produces some awesome things. At day one, you're starting, you've got one cent. But at day five, you've got 16 cents. You're like, oh, I'm in day five and all I got 16 cents. I don't even have a quarter. You know, it's frustrating. You've got to be further along than where you are. At day 10, you got $5.12. You might be able to buy a latte at day 10. And at day 10, you're like, this was a mistake. This isn't moving as fast as I thought it would move along. At day 20, you've got $5,242.68. At day 20, I'm going, I don't know how we're getting at a million dollars because uh, this is not looking good. I'm 20 days in, and I might be able to take a decent vacation, but this isn't, this is no million dollars at day 20. Day 24, it's $83,886.08. You've made some progress. You're six days away. Well, that's good, but it's not a million dollars. I tell you, day 30, you have earned $5 million $368,709.12. You're like, like when I read it, I was like, nah. And so I started doing it myself and then I got it all messed up and I had to redo it. <laughs> but can I tell you, there's power in faithfulness. It may seem, uh, but it's not where I want to be. It's not, it's not, I thought I would be further along than this. Just because this is where you are doesn't mean that that's not where God has placed you. Even though you thought you should be somewhere else, a long way, somewhere else, man, God has you there. And if you will stay faithful, if you will own the grind, realize there is a powerful result that happens that yields an awesome, awesome, man, harvest if you will just stay faithful when nobody else is watching. In your place of obscurity, if you will just keep going, and stay faithful and obedience. There is good and there is power and there is a story that comes out of it. It may not be the fast way, it may not be the microwave way, but God doesn't waste anything. It says this in the Bible, it says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, it says, but be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20, it says, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he promised, for he who promised is faithful. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord, that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The grind isn't in vain. You may be hidden, but you're not forgotten. James chapter 1 verse 12. Happy are those who remain faithful under trials because when they succeed, not if, but when they succeed in passing such a test, they will receive as their reward the life which God has promised to those who love them. Psalms chapter 40 verse 1 through 5.
5 says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I have tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to an end of them. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 through 24 says, but I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Man, if you will stay faithful, if you will own the grind, hear me, it won't be wasted because your God is faithful. And if you can allow him to be your, your portion instead of success, instead of everybody taking notice of you, I can tell you this, you will thrive in your obscurity if you will trust him in your obscurity. This morning, what do we do? What do we do? We stay faithful when we're hidden. We own the grind. And we realize that nothing, nothing is wasted. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. God, I ask that in this place, wherever we're at, God, there's, there's so many different situations, so many different circumstances. Man, we just need you, God. Some of us, we just don't feel it. We're in the grind. We're in the place of obscurity, and we don't feel like thriving. We don't feel like being faithful because we don't see any difference being made. But God, I pray that our obedience wouldn't be based on being seen, but would be on being significant. And God, if there's significance that's gonna come out of our place of obscurity, if there's good that's gonna come out of our place of obscurity, then God, we've just gotta stay faithful. Because Lord, you're using this. Lord, it was when David was just a shepherd that you were preparing him for the giant. It wasn't when he was king, it was when he was a nobody. His own father called him the runt. He was not even called in to be considered to be the next king of Israel because he was just a, a glorified hired hand. Lord Jesus, he was, he was a runt, but there was a preparation. That's when he was becoming the man after God's own heart. And so, Lord, I pray we may be in the pasture of our life. We may be in the place that nobody sees us, but God, I pray that we would embrace the preparation. Lord, I pray that we would embrace and grab hold of the obscurity that's happened in our life. And the Lord, we wouldn't run from the grind. We wouldn't just keep our head down, but we would know there's a purpose for the grind. We may not feel it, but we would own it because we understand that nothing is wasted. You are our portion, so our hope will be in you. Lord, I pray that in this place, God, man, there would be amazing testimonies. There would be amazing stories that happen and that come out of the place of obscurity, of being hidden. Lord, I pray that in this place we would understand we're more than conquerors. And the Lord, if you're for us, then who can be against us? So Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us and the Lord, we'd have the mentality of a penny. <laughs> the Lord, if we'll just stay consistent, 
if we'll just stay faithful, that over time, our life will yield wonderful results because we continue to abide and trust in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I'm here, and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you that chance. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm just not where I'm supposed to be in my relationship with him, and I've been in the grind, and I've just walked away. When I get to three, if that's you, we just want you to raise your hand. We're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here this morning? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, there's one hand, there's two hands, there's three, there's four. Is there anyone else to join these four hands that are lifted in this place? You just say, man, that's me. There's a change that needs to happen in my life before we go any further. You join these four hands that are lifted. Is there anyone else? Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? There's five hands. Is there anyone else before we go any further? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. Jesus, I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these five individuals a huge round of applause, Foundation Church? Yeah, what an awesome day. If you have any questions or are in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.